Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Lunch Therapy. My guest today is a very formidable guest, perhaps the most psychologically formidable guest I could think of, which is to say it's my own mother, Heidi Roberts, who's visiting from Boca Raton, Florida, and she was kind enough to be my patient today. Um, but before we get to the interview, I have to tell you, we did have some technical difficulties. I was uh, trying out a new system. I got new microphones and my audio engineer taught me how to use them. But of course, I screwed up a little bit. So you'll hear a little scratching throughout. And then at the end, I made a big mistake and hit stop. And so the final bit of the recording, unfortunately, is my backup recording that I made on my phone. But I figured you'd want to hear the whole thing. So this is my lunch therapy session with my mother. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How so are you? good. So you just got back from a big trip. I did. Yeah. Where were you? Where were you? <laughs> I'm so jet lagged. I don't remember. Uh, we were in Rome. We went on a cruise mm-hmm. that left from Rome and ended in Rome. And in between, we went to Saint Tropez and we went to Portofino and Monte Carlo and all the beautiful places. Oh, and Florence. Wow. So it was, it was amazing. Everything was wonderful. It was just unbelievable. So we, we've, we've gotten to debates before about cruises versus not taking cruises. But why do you like cruises so much? Because it is a one drawer you unpack uh-huh. and you don't have to think about moving your stuff and a lot of times um, we'll stay in the place that we're going to in the beginning a few days before. Mm-hmm. Now that dad's retired, we're able to have that luxury of having extra time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we usually stay a few days uh, in the places that we end up in. Right. And in between, like when we went on a cruise recently to Asia, the highlights like Shanghai and Hong Kong and Tokyo were two or three days we were docked. Mm -hmm. So So you feel you got a taste of it. Unbelievable. Only way to travel. But you only started doing that in the latter half of your life, right? I mean, you you didn't go on cruises when I was a little kid. It was only in the past. when we lived in New York, we didn't do cruises. Right. When we moved to Florida, we first You heard about them? Yes. But what what was the first one we went on? It was a Caribbean cruise? It was... With all of our neighborhood, mm-hmm. we had a couple of buses full of people mm-hmm. that went to the cruise ship. It was the Zenith, the Celebrity Zenith. Uh-huh. And we piled into one room, the four of us, if you remember. Really? We yeah. shared a room? We, we were going to kill each other. But <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That's you don't? Fun. No. You blocked it out. It okay. was crazy. And... Um, we just, oh, you guys all had such a good time. It was really, really Well, nice. I guess you as being a parent, having young kids, because it's like there's entertainment, there's things for them to do. Oh, my goodness. And even as you got older, I think it's a great thing for a family to do, because during the day, everybody can sort of do what they want if they're old enough. Mm-hmm. And at night, you meet up for dinner. And um, I just think it's great. How many cruises do you think you've been on? Oh, probably at least 100. Really? And what's the fa- what's the best cruise you've ever taken? The Crystal is the most wonderful. The Crystal. Crystal, Serenity, Ser- uh, Symphony. But I mean, like, which cruise, like, where did you go? Like, oh, if you had to, like, oh, say the, num- well, the number yeah. one cruise you would say you ever went on was which one? Yeah, I think this, the Asia cruise was the most interesting. But we've been to so many different places on cruises. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we were in, went on one cruise from Auckland to uh, Sydney, uh, Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. We were in Sydney, and that was amazing. And um, 
last year we were in Africa. Mm-hmm. We went to South Africa. Wow. And now we were in Asia. Mm-hmm. And no, now we're in Rome. You see, blur together. But my only <laughs> wait, th- yeah. wait, I didn't finish. And then uh, Iceland. We went from Iceland. Oh, yeah. And we ended in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. So all those were fabulous. But my thing is, like, the idea of being in these places and then eating on a cruise ship is, like, my nightmare. Because you're eating, like, steak and potatoes when you're in Japan. But I think for a lot of people that don't like to eat food, unfamiliar food, cruises make sense. No, it's really not true. You can eat lunch off the ship. And especially if you're overnighting, then you have dinner off the ship. Right. So you don't have to eat. You don't. And on the ship is Nobu, Matsuhisa. Uh-huh. He's often on on the ship. So right. that's one of the restaurants. My mom does not work for the cruise industry, but <laughs> she may as well. <laughs> yeah. But I was she's very sold. committed. The minute well, I went what was on the one. last what was the last trip you took that wasn't a cruise? Oh gee, that's a tough one. I mean I don't think you've gone anywhere that it wasn't a cruise. Oh we'll go to Aspen or we go to oh. um California. Right. Uh, trying to remember. No, I think we always cruise. So okay, so since this is a food podcast, <laughs> um I was wondering, so when you travel, do you tend to eat off the ship or do you mostly eat on the, on the no, boat? No, no. If we can, we'll eat off the ship and we'll take in the flavor of wherever we are. So you just were in Rome. So what was the best meal that you had there? Oh, my God. There was a restaurant called Pierre Luigi. Okay. I recommend that to anybody <laughs> going to Rome. It was fabulous and it was the food was delicious and mm-hmm. it was great people watching and it was just a great place to go. So what do you look when when you're traveling and you go to a restaurant? Are you looking for something totally unfamiliar or you want to have a little bit of the familiar to Um well, you have to remember who I'm married to. Yeah, because dad, dad doesn't like dad, anything. Dad, if it doesn't have Caesar salad or a New York right. strip, it's a problem for him. Right. And he'll go, hide. You need to order for me. I can't, I can't right. order. So. And then Roman food, there's a lot of like organ meats that he probably wouldn't like very much if you as go to like an authentic place. As yeah. and salad. A Caprese salad. We had that coming out of our ears. We right. were eating Caprese salad wherever we went. And where are you going to um, next? What's the next cruise? Um, well, probably... A Caribbean cruise just Christmas time, but uh, in April we're going to uh, India. Wow. We're going from uh, Singapore and ending in Dubai, so that should be pretty exciting. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, I should say that you know this episode of Lunch Therapy is very special because it's not traditional for a therapist to do a session with his own mother. I think that's actually <laughs> illegal in the therapy community. And then also because um, I don't think I've ever like interviewed you, you in public before. No. But we're going to talk about our lunch. But I also violated my own ethical code because, you know, a therapist is not supposed to treat his patient to lunch or go to lunch with his patient. Um, but you were... You're staying in Beverly Hills. Yes. And I, I did originally say that you should go get lunch first and then come on, but you wanted to eat lunch with us. I wanted to spend time with you. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair. <laughs> so, um, well, we've still, you, okay, we can go right into it. So what did you have for lunch today? Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't really my choice because <laughs> dad um, already had a bagel and smoked salmon for breakfast. Yeah. And that was offered on the menu. I would have liked that. Well, better. we should say where we went. So we're, we're, oh, we went to this place right. called Friedman's, right? Which is an Echo Park. Yeah, and it was <laughs> sort of a Jewish deli, but yeah. it wasn't exactly. It's like a twist on a Jewish deli. It's yeah. like a hipster Jewish restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what did you get? So uh, I shared a Reuben sandwich with Dad, which I normally would never get, mm-hmm. and uh, I only ate half the bread. And <laughs> <laughs> I got. We shared a. 
what they called a latka, which was a segment of a latka <laughs> that looked like a waffle that really wasn't a latka. So if you, so from the, the way you're describing it, it sounds like you weren't that thrilled with well, your lunch. If you're from New York and yeah. you know what deli food really tastes like. Uh, oh no! Actually, the taste was okay. It's just the presentation was a little weird, but well, it was okay. Well, it's like they're pay- they're charging people a lot of money for like a, a twist on Jewish food. We just go right to um, Nate Nails. Yeah, and get this. <laughs> so okay, so you, you ordered the Reuben and you ordered the Latka. We're going to use this as a springboard to go into your whole life story. Oh God! So wait, so Reuben's though, but you and Dad were saying that you don't normally eat Reuben's. You'll have pastrami or corned beef, but you, but Reuben has cheese on it, and my exactly. and my dad doesn't normally eat cheese and meat. Very weird that Dad ate that. Yeah, because also that's not kosher, is it? Cheese and meat together. So I wonder how that came to be. I don't know. But what made you want the Reuben? Why did you choose it? I didn't choose it. Dad did. So okay. I wanted the. The whitefish salad and the thing you had, which was... Whitefish. No, I had whitefish salad. Yeah, but you had smoked salmon on top Oh, you had smoked salmon. And Dad already had that today. Oh, my gosh. So So how much of Dad's um, desires factor into what you order when you go to a restaurant? Everything. And he doesn't like it if you order the same thing as him. Uh So you have to order something else because otherwise he gets upset. So not really upset. Right. He He wants to try something different. Yeah, but he really, like, I like to share. and I like Mm -hmm. to have a little bit of his and a little bit of mine. He's not a good sharer. Okay. So So when you go into a restaurant, like we went into Friedman's today, what are you looking at first? You're looking at the tables, like the layout? No, I'm looking at the location of where it is. It was in the middle of a slum. (laughs) (laughs) It's in a strip mall. Um, yeah, my my parents tend to, to like more of the the Beverly Hills um, fancy restaurant white tablecloth thing. But you know, it's good to get out of the familiar. Yeah, it's good to broaden your horizons. Right, this is stretching it a little. Yeah, far, yeah, you really were roughing it today. <laughs> I know. No, um, it was great. But okay, so if you were in Beverly Hills, like where did you have lunch? Oh, you went to Nobu in Malibu, right? Yesterday. Oh my goodness, that was an experience. So why, what's that about? Well, we've been there many times before, but it is become so busy and um, we had a reservation at 1.30 mm-hmm. and it was kind of late and we went in there a little early and we just said, do you think it's possible if we can sit down, you know, a little earlier? She said, well, these tables I do have available. It was in front of the sushi bar. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you want, I'll give you that table, but there's a time limit on it and your time starts now. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, are they going to put like a, a timer on our yeah. table? So I said, we're very fast eaters. An hour and a half is plenty of time. But so I thought that there? was a little rude. Yeah. Who wants to sit down in a restaurant right. and be timed? But that makes me wonder, like, because I feel like you like restaurants where it's, it's difficult to get in. But, oh, but you like that's to, my meat and potatoes. But you love that. But then but you also like to be known by the people so that they get you in. Well, if I go to the restaurant enough, yeah, then they'll get to know us, and uh, it seems to work. But I'm saying that, like, if you if if there was a restaurant with the most delicious food in the world, but nobody was eating there, it was totally empty. And then there was one next door where people were lined up around the corner with mediocre food, and they said that they could let, let they can get you a table. That's right up my alley. Yeah. So wait, yeah. maybe we should go into the past. So you you started in Queens. You grew up in Laurelton. Laurelton, Queens. Yeah. Yes. And did you go to restaurants as a kid? My mother and grandmother didn't cook. So, yes, we were brought up in diners. We were always in diners. So what were the diners you remember going to as a kid? Oh, gosh, I can't remember them right now. I can't. Was there a diner? In Laurelton, 
it might have been called Laurelton Diner. I don't remember the name of it, but we were there all the time. And then there was a, a restaurant. It was a little corner coffee shop called Burton Dave's. Okay. And I remember sitting at the counter with my grandmother. And believe it or not, I wasn't a good eater at that time. <laughs> and they would make me a, an ice cream soda and I would have two bites of it or egg cream or it was just a hamburger. It was just nice Nice restaurant, you know. Well, that's funny. I don't think I, I don't think you ever told me the name of that because like we, we went to a diner when I was growing up all the time, the East Bay Diner. We lived in the East Bay Diner, right? in Oceanside, New right. York. When we moved to Oceanside, that was the place that we spent a lot of time. So it's interesting because you were very young when you got married. You were eighteen, uh-huh. and then you were twenty-four when you had me. So yes. so when I was growing up, I, you were still in that phase of your life where you're. Because if your mother and grandmother took you to diners and you were taking me to diners, you hadn't transitioned well, yet. we didn't just go to diners. We went to restaurants, too. Well, but I guess uh, I'm curious, like, yeah. when did restaurants become a thing for you? When did oh. you start to get interested in going to restaurants? We always went to restaurants, but on an everyday basis, it was diners. Mm-hmm. But when I did get married, I really, really did want to cook. I wanted to learn how to cook, and I took a gourmet cooking class, mm-hmm. and it was just... Wonderful. I enjoyed it. And then I would come home and try and duplicate what I learned. And being married to dad, he just didn't like anything that was not a normal hamburger or right. a steak or just a... And he didn't praise so. you very much. He didn't say no. that this is delicious. He would he would just not love it, anything I made. And boy, is he sorry now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, that, that really, yeah, he got punished in the long term. I mean, my God, I, I think we should probably tell our audience that you... Pretty much eat out every meal every and meal. have for the past 30, 40 years. Well, when married, it'll be 46 years. Yeah. yeah. So when you first got married, you were living in Oceanside or you were living in... No, no. When we first got married, we lived in Lindbrook. Okay. An apartment in Lindbrook for in six Lindbrook, years. In Lindbrook on Long Island in New York. And then did you, so when dad would come home from work at the very beginning in those stages, did you go to restaurants? Um, in those days, I would try and cook a little bit or... You know, I, we did go out, though. We, yeah. I, you know, it was not fancy. It was just dad was in school and I was working. So, no, mm-hmm. it was just not, not fancy. But we did go out a little. Where were you working? Yeah. Um, I was working in the garment center. I was okay. working for a company called Lady Devon. And um, I had gone to FIT for buying and merchandising. Mm-hmm. And I was using my buying and merchandising education toward a garment center job. Yeah. So when you were working at the garment center, did you eat? Do you remember what you ate for lunch every day? Not really. <laughs> Sa- probably salads. You had salads. Mm-hmm. Salads. Yeah. Because then, okay, so then you guys moved into the house in Oceanside, mm-hmm. and then when you were there, because I remember certain restaurants when we were growing yeah. up that you would go to, like Gianni's. Gianni's. I mean, the, the, I, well, if I had to say the most iconic. Heidi Roberts' restaurant was the Yankee Clipper, which oh was my a seafood restaurant because you love to eat lobster. Loved, love. That was like the best place. We liked the Yankee Clipper so much that our wedding night, we went to the Yankee Clipper Motor Lodge. Really? That was where we spent our wedding night. Well, how would you describe <laughs> the Yankee Clipper to people who don't know what it is? It was just like a big, um, not fancy food hall almost, mm-hmm. but a restaurant. It was like a seafood restaurant. It was a seafood restaurant. Yeah. And they just had the most delicious um, 
lobster, and dad loved their Bavarian cream pie for dessert. Really? Which turned out to be, we used to see it in the frozen food department, it was Sara Lee. <laughs> oh, really? They <laughs> yeah. just served Sara Lee? They well, did. I remember going there as a kid because they had fish tanks everywhere, and you could see eels and fish all over. You know, that was fun. It was fantastic. But this leads to the big question, which is like, why do you love eating lobster so much? When did lobster become such a big thing for you? Um, just that was like a fancy thing that we would do when we'd go to a special restaurant. And I remember going to Lundy's, I think, was the first one in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that my parents, I believe it or not, like I said, I didn't eat a lot when I was little and mm-hmm. I didn't vary my food. I just ate very nothing. I didn't really want to explore. Mm-hmm. And they made me taste lobster, I believe, in Lundy's was the first time. And I liked it. And then ever since then, we would go to a restaurant called Maud Craig's that was on the North Shore and Yankee Clipper, and I just love it. I, I like picking apart the lobster. How did yeah. you learn how to eat a lobster? Who taught you? Oh, my mother was a pro. She, she knew how oh, to eat a lobster? yeah, absolutely. You start off with the body. Uh-huh. Well, you start off with the insides, and you always ask for a female when you order a lobster. Why do you want a female? I don't want to say, but it's always a wider, um, <laughs> the wider, the, the bigger meat. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Why, you think that's sexist? That it's, it's <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, so you always ask for a female lobster when you get a lobster. Always ask But doesn't for a it female. also sometimes have roe inside of yeah, it? Yeah, I that, like that. And that's yeah. what you want. So when you eat a lobster, yeah. do you pull off the little claws? The that's little... the last thing I do. So uh, I eat the roe first. Okay. Then I eat the body, the uh-huh. tail. Then I eat the claws, mm-hmm. and then at the end, I tear off the little tentacles, and you eat those. And you've always also liked eating food that, like, you like you like chicken, like, eating the bone, like, you, <laughs> and, like, lamb chops, like, gnawing on like, like You like food that you, like, you work on a little bit. Yes, I do. But you don't it's like true. to cook. Ugh, no. It's, no. Wow. Well, there's a lot to still a lot to cover here. We have a lot of ground because I mean, in terms of cooking, because I, I, this is maybe for later. But what did you think when I started becoming a food blogger and I started cooking? Did you think okay. was it surprising? Is this my son? <laughs> but that, it kind of made sense, though, right? Because you, because yes. you, you created such an interest in food, and I mean, food was. We should say that, like, even though you don't cook, food is probably the biggest thing that we talk about and yes. think about as a family. Absolutely. So yeah. it's not crazy that I spent my life working in food. No, and I, I really think it's great that you do what you do. I think Thanks. it's wonderful and you enjoy it and you find it relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's nice to have like a thing that you can do with your hands and not be on your phone and not be staring at a screen all day. Yeah. But you don't, but so it never held a candle to, was there, any, so you tell the story that you made the food for dad and he didn't like it. But I also would think that even if you never met dad, you probably wouldn't have been a gourmet cook, would you? No, I don't think so. Probably not. But you yeah. love going to restaurants. I do. I just really do. So what yes. do you like about restaurants so much? Um, it's just um, there's some place to go. People watch. And, you know, now that dad's retired and we're empty nesters. Yeah, but you've always liked restaurants. I mean, even when you yeah. wasn't retired. I, I can't. I don't know. I just really do like going. You well, know? you like to get dressed up. Yeah. You like to be seen and be seen. Right. So what are what are the things you look for in a restaurant? Um, I like like 
I, I don't know. I can't answer the question. I don't know. What do you mean? Like what? Like for instance, what? When you go, if you're in a new city, if you're on a cruise, mm-hmm. and you say you're in Rome, and you or anywhere, even in New York, and like somebody's like, "Yo, you have to eat at this restaurant. Right. This is the hottest new restaurant." And you right. show up there. Oh. What uh-huh. do you hope to see? You open the door. Do uh-huh. you want to see like a, a crowd of people? Yeah, absolutely. Like. Yeah, you don't want to see an empty restaurant, right. that's for sure. But you like so. a, you like formal, you don't like informal restaurant, like very casual versus no, very formal. No, I like, I like in between. I don't mm-hmm. like too casual. Mm-hmm. Although lately, things are so casual at the fanciest restaurants. People come in in shorts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, um, that's one of the things I think you like about cruising is I think that you like um, – Knowing that it's a formal night, it's an informal night. It kind of tells you, yeah. like, what to wear, what to do, you know. Although most cruises now are pretty much just, they call it country club casual. Oh, really? So they don't do the formal nights anymore? Yeah, well, tuck, tuck, tuxedos or whatever they have? Yeah, I mean, some people get into that. But you have a choice. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you, you know, at your discretion, you know, right. that you don't have to get so dressed up. But years ago, oh, my God, people used to get really dressed up. Yeah, I remember, didn't you guys bring tuxedos? Or didn't yeah. dad and yes. grandpa bring tuxedos? Oh, yeah. It was like, huh. So when you, so okay, so when you and dad first got married, you were living, and you had a house in Oceanside, and you had me, and then you had Michael, like, mm-hmm. and then, so in terms of meals, like, I'm trying to remember, like, growing up, like, did we did we as a family, even as little kids, did we go out to dinner? We didn't go out to dinner every night. No, we didn't. We so didn't. what did you do? So I would bring in a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And you always had pasta with prego sauce, right? Uh-huh. Don't you remember that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I like um, fusilli so much. Right. With, yeah, like a red All sauce. different kinds of pasta. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. I think I did make pot roast at one time, didn't I? Pot roast? That, maybe it was um, brisket. Brisket, oh, brisket for the you holidays. Mean. Well, I remember you once also made this like noodle pudding that had like maraschino cherries and pineapple. Yeah, it was like an upside down noodle pudding, mm-hmm. and then you would turn it over. Grandma uh, got the recipe from somebody. Well, one yeah. big thing I remember from my childhood was like you doing Weight Watchers and doing a lot of these like different. So, like, do you remember uh, that period? Like, what was the Weight Watchers of it? in the eighties? Like, Weight Watchers was big. Like, aerobics was big. So and you, Diet Center. I worked the Diet Center because I had lost some weight at Diet Center. So, what's the Diet Center? What is it? Like what was what's it? What's the diet? No, like what's what like for people who oh. don't know what the diet center was, what it what is oh, it? Oh, it's just like Weight Watchers this diet center. Yeah. And people would go there and um sort of get weighed in and you would talk and it was more of a private thing rather than Weight Watchers, which is a group thing. Mm-hmm. And um I need a Weight Watchers or Diet Center now. <laughs> but um yeah, so I, I worked there for a little while. So what did you do there? I talked to people that were on the diet and uh, what did you have for dinner and what, what do you tomorrow, you know, oh, I have a wedding. They would say, uh, I don't know what I'm going to eat. And we would try and decide what they should eat. Or So when you were doing all this, like what, what, what was your diet? Like what, 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 what was the diet of the diet center? Diet center was um, actually like you could have an egg in the morning mm-hmm. and – um, wasa toast was their big thing. The wasa bread. I remember that. I remember you had that in the, the house. Wasa bread. It's like it was like cardboard. Exactly. It had no no flavor. Right. So but would, it was a good vehicle to put things on. So yeah. it gave you the feeling like you were eating bread. But it's sort of the same thing as Gigi crackers is to the diet that's very popular now that um, a lot of people are on. What's a Gigi cracker? Ugh, it tastes worse than than a wasa cracker. Right. But there's a diet called the F Factor diet right now that a lot of people follow. Mm-hmm. And it is by Tanya Zuckenbrat. Okay. And 
It really is a low-carbohydrate diet, mm-hmm. except they let you have these disgusting Gigi crackers. Mm-hmm. But you can put whatever you're eating on it, so it makes you feel like you're having a sandwich. So I won't, I won't be sponsored <laughs> by Gigi crackers anytime soon after this podcast. But with diet, I mean, I'm bringing up dieting because, I mean, throughout, as long as I've known you, you've always, like, you bought the different diet books. and different, So that's a big part of, of your food life is that you love going to restaurants yeah. and you love eating out. And then you also will buy diet books and the zone and the this and the that. And I remember once you bought, like, the salad dressing. Do you remember that? Which one? You, like there was like we were in Boca, and then like this like diet salad dressing was very popular, and like people were clamoring for it. And you came home with like eight crates of it. You, were, like, <laughs> like, you like, bought up the whole town, and it was always in our closet where this like this diet salad dressing that you. Know, but so it's, it's always like so. Talk about it, like you know the different diets that you've been on over the years. Well, that's a little depressing because it's not getting me anywhere. Oh, so. they're fine. Well, I've been on like we said, there used to be. Um, way of life that we used to go to mm-hmm. and that was Wait, what's way of life uh, it was another weight watchers kind of thing and um the lady's name was thelma she was the lecturer and she would say i'm gonna give you slender loving care mm-hmm. and uh she would say now i sit me down to eat i pray the lord i so my soul to keep if I should reach for cake or bread. Please guide my hand to greens instead. Really? That's <laughs> that funny. Oh my gosh. You still remember it. I do. Not that I do it, but. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where was that? That was in New York. That was Way of Life, and it was in East Rockaway. Wow. A Jewish center that this lady, Thelma, and, you know, that was one of the first diets my, my mother and I would go to. And then there was Weight Watchers. That, well, can I ask though? Because yeah. I've seen pictures of you when you were very, very young. Like, so you were 18, you married dad, you were like, super skinny. Right. Like, like, you know, like you were, like, you almost modeled or did you model for like bathing suits and yes. like, yeah, like things like that. And so then you had children. Like, like, when you went to these diet things, like, did you need to be on a diet at those points in your life? Or was it just sort of a communal thing? Like, what, why, why were you going so young? No, I was very worried because my mom was very heavy when she right. was younger. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. And, she and your lost, grandmother, too. And my grandmother. I was very teased as a youngster. And people would tease me. So I thought that I would never have that problem. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want to ever have that problem. But now I do. So I mean, my grandma. I mean, when she was overweight, she was like severely, severely. My mom had. Well, yeah. I mean, my mother was severely overweight. She went to um, the Board of Health in Jamaica, Queens, where she actually met Jean Idish, and Jean Idish was the founders. Oh, she's the founder of Weight Watchers. Oh, really? And she met her there, and Uh it was called the Board of Health Diet at that time. Really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Weight Watchers was the Board of Health diet? Yeah. Um, and so you... Um, so I did, you know, all through the years. I always try to watch and whatever. But as I'm getting older and I had a couple of children and it's getting harder and harder, especially with our lifestyle with dad and I. Dad now is retired. It's even mm-hmm. worse because he's around a lot. And our main activity is going to lunch mm-hmm. and going to dinner. And it's very difficult. So what is your typical, like, weekday? I mean, are you always going to, like, a, a fancy lunch? Or are you going to go, like, what, do you have a casual lunch spot? I mean, what, well, what, what are your basic places that you'll go during the week? Well, where we live, we have um, in the club, 
we go right. to the uh, golf club that they, they go. Yeah, they have a um, a buffet, which believe me, there's plenty of very thin people there. A lot mm-hmm. of thin, so it's not like you're going to be so gluttonous. Mm-hmm. And they have all fresh vegetables, which are, some of them are grown in the garden, actually, right outside the um, clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can be as good as you want, or you can be as bad as you want. But it's very easy to be bad because mm-hmm. the dessert table is always looks terrific. But um, basically, you can have a chopped salad mm-hmm. and, um, you know, whatever you want to put in it. And they have a carving station. And uh, that's it. But so, I want to go back to the, yeah. that period of your life, though, because when we, when we were younger, you were doing Weight Watchers, you were doing all these things. But was that impacting, like, what we were eating as a family, too, like, when we were growing up? Like, yeah, I was trying to be healthy. I was trying to set you guys. I mean, you guys did not have a weight problem. But I mm. knew, actually, Michael, when he was little— he That's my brother. Had, oh, sorry. That's Michael. Yeah. Anyway, he had high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And because he was loving chocolate donuts from Entenmann's. We always had those in the house. Dad was, always had Entenmann's his, chocolate donuts. And he had Entenmann's crumb cake and Entenmann's lemon coconut cake. Right. And so, the, yeah. So, but Michael loved the chocolate donuts. Uh-huh. So at one point, uh, he had a blood test. Mm-hmm. And his cholesterol was high from eating so many chocolate donuts. So we had to, you know, get healthy. And mm-hmm. we found donuts with made with egg whites instead mm-hmm. of whole eggs. And uh, You did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did it work? I don't Yeah. And that time I was like really monitoring it. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. I just wanted everybody to be healthy because we did have heart disease in our family. Mm-hmm. And um but you guys were always thin, so you never had the problem. It was right. Well, I mean, it's it's hard because it's it's. I think that loving to go out to restaurants and loving food and wanting to have experience. I mean, I think what you guys really love more than anything is experience. It's like you guys hate the idea of staying home, like the idea of being home on a Friday night. I don't think that you could ever even think about no that way. as an idea. But I do think it's hard because it's like to go out and have these experiences, you have the food that they're putting in front of you at restaurants is by design saltier, fattier, richer, sweeter true. than anything you would make for yourself if you were to stay at home. That's so true. so it's like you guys That's are ex- you guys are experienced junkies. Right. And the idea of you guys, you know, staying home and eating a turkey sandwich for lunch would be a hard <laughs> thing to do. Right. You know, a lot of friends of mine don't even eat lunch. Really? And the new diet of the um, most recent days is the, oh, gee, I'm trying to think. One of them is the, fi- the uh, what's it called? The fasting, um, intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. That's, intermittent fasting, there's a couple of different variations. One of them is that you start, um, you do an eight-hour period of eating. Mm-hmm. So if let's say you could eat from 12 to 8. Right. And another one is called the 5-2 diet, Uh where you have two days of the week where you can have 500 calories or less, Mm -hmm. and then the other five days you can eat normally. Okay. But um, 500 calories or less, that's not a lot of calories. No, that's really hard. But it's also interesting because in the house at home, I mean, it's funny because we could be talking about anything about your life and food, but diet, I mean, the fact that we're talking about diet, I mean, it's coming up also because when I come home to visit and I open your refrigerator, it's like egg beater, like diet egg beaters, diet cream. I mean, and if I open your cabinets in the house, it's like diet granola bars, diet, it's like sweet and low. I mean, it's all very diet oriented. Right. So it's sort of like, it kind of feels like it's feast or famine. It's like if you're home, 
it's like I'll diet food. But if yeah. you're out at a restaurant, it's like exactly order it up. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you about going to a restaurant. I mean, we didn't walk through, but there is a lot to talk about because like when you go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. when I think of going to a restaurant with you, right. I think the very first thing that you think about or deal with is where are you going to be seated? Oh yes, absolutely. So talk. So what's the so if, what what is a good table in a restaurant and what is a bad table in a restaurant? And as far as you're concerned, uh, a good table is right in the center. Of the room? Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, a bad table would be right near the bathroom, of course. Uh-huh. And I also do not like facing a wall. Oh, yeah. So that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. And I don't want anybody who I'm with to have to face a wall. What's wrong with facing a wall? Well, I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, you can't it's, see the people, and that's, yeah, that's being part of the scene. Yeah. It's just, I don't like it, it for some reason. It just makes me feel claustrophobic. I don't so know. So if I named a restaurant that you go to a lot, mm-hmm. like um, New, is it like New York Prime in Boca. Yeah, right. So the, this is a steakhouse in Boca, and it has like booths along the wall. Right. And then in the center is like all these big tables. So what would yeah. be like the table you would want the most there? Well, it used to be yeah. uh, a booth. Okay. You, um, you would want a booth? Yeah. We always wanted a booth. Okay. But now when we go with another couple, mm-hmm. if dad's sitting on one end of the booth and the other person is sitting on the other end, it's hard to hear. Oh, because everyone's getting older, you mean? <laughs> I hate to say yeah. it, but yes, that's like, true. It's loud. So that's now you true. do it. So now it's more desirable for us to um, have a square table mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh-huh. Uh, a square table in the middle. Yeah, a square table in the middle is more desirable. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So okay, and then the other part of it is the waiter or waitress. Like I feel like there's a lot of um, you guys have a big reaction if some like we went somewhere when we were in. Oh yeah, for your birthday, I took you out to lunch in Palm Beach. We don't have to say the name of the restaurant, right? But the waitress came over and you said you thought she had a bad attitude. Oh yeah. But like, why? Yeah. Like, what do you? So like, what 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 yeah. what are you looking for when you have a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant? Oh, just you know, just to be nice. That's all. I right. Think that, Attentive. Yeah, I just you know that particular person just seemed like she didn't really want to be there mm-hmm. and um, right. it makes you and feel was, like you don't want to be there yeah, it was my birthday so I just felt like whatever I wanted somebody to, with a more up attitude mm-hmm. but um we do like going to places where they know us and it's just more pleasant it's so yeah. for people who don't know how to make that happen like mm-hmm. so like New York Prime and Boca is a place where they really know you yeah. so when you first started going there does it was it just that you just went there a bunch and just ate your meals there, and then they started to notice that you were going there a lot? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, we were there a lot. And uh, we like uh, Trattoria Romano in, in Boca. It happens to be very good. But I remember, like, with New York Prime, I remember, like, you would get gifts sometimes for the people who were, I mean, this is, like, during, yeah. like, the main period when you were really going there, you would buy, like, yeah. a tie for the right. maitre d'. So right. that was, like, that. most people don't buy a tie for the maitre d' of a restaurant. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was just we knew them so well, and they were we were sort of almost friends. We, we um, oh, those were the days when uh, Mel White's was there. And well, who's uh, Mel White's? People don't know. Yeah, Mel White's owned Food Town, mm-hmm. and uh, Grandpa Lou, my, my husband, dad's father. Yeah, right. He um, knew Mel White's, and just we knew you know a lot of people, and um, it was the the major D was the guy who I bought the tie for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just like family almost. So, so it wasn't like to get a yeah. good table. It was just because you saw yeah. him so often. Yeah, we would be sort of almost friends. Yeah, but I think that that's I think that's interesting for people to hear about because I think 
you know, the idea of like a restaurant becoming like family, it's, it's like, I think that is really what happens with you guys. It's like you go there so often to these restaurants that it becomes like, that is your home base. Right, exactly. You operate out of the restaurant. It's familiarity. It's, yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel at home. Mm-hmm. And it's important when you have a restaurant to make people feel at home or, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Did so, you ever want to open a restaurant? No. <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> it's. I hear it's very hard work. It's uh, you have to be. Um, what's the word? There, crack a dawn mm-hmm. and uh, be dependent on all the people cooking. And it wouldn't be me, right? <laughs> Did you ever want to open like a food business or do anything? Because grandma, you know, your mom like sold pickles at the flea market for That's a while. As far as we went, yeah. yeah. We used to work for her and yeah, and Roosevelt. Raceway and well, so, she was so married to her second husband was married owned a pickle factory on Long Island right and so she would sell pickles there but you guys sold it with her yeah when I was pregnant with you oh yeah yeah so how would you sell pickles what was the idea well um it was just fun it was dad would say eat a pickle while you walk mm-hmm. and uh, it was just it was it was very fun to do that yeah but what, so do you remember though, like you get there early in the morning and have like jars Ma, no grandma got there early in the morning mm-hmm we got there in the afternoon and we would do it for a couple of hours, but she really worked hard. Yeah. We were really proud of her. She was really into it and she would have to get all the stuff. It was a lot of schlepping of mm-hmm. the of the um the barrels. Right. I mean, you needed this was a flea market that was a major flea market and you had Lots and lots of people. The Roosevelt there. Field flea market. Oh my God. That was, so she would yeah. carry barrels of pickles? No, she had somebody helping her that worked right. at the pickle factory, Grandpa Joe's pickle factory. Was it her idea to sell the pickles at the flea market? No. Well, you know, they were starting to have other pickle vendors. Oh, okay. And she would go to the flea market and she would say, hey, you know, I'll do that. Sure. And she loved she it. She loved it. Yeah. She, she re- met other people. And it was a great place to just to meet other people and do th- and be part of the work world and make mm-hmm. a little money. And she had a great time. So what did you think of it when you when you went and joined her there? Did you think, what is I, my mom doing here? Or did you think this is fun? Did you think? Yeah, this- I thought it was great. I really did. It was yeah. something that was, um, I think dad was in dental school even at the time. I mean, it was so many years ago. I was pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was just starting out. And it was just fun in between just to break it up a little bit. And were you selling and jars of pickles or individual no, pickles? No, they were individual pickles. And we had a, what's that thing Tongues. called? Tongues. Yeah. And wax paper. Mm-hmm. And people would, but actually they also, people would buy quarts. Okay. And you would put the pickles in the quart jar. They do that now in the flea market over in Sample Road in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in- interestingly, with your lunch today at Friedman's, you asked for an extra pickle. Boy, was that a mistake. Why? Was not good pickles. Really? They why were- weren't they getting, Friedman's is not going to love this podcast, but, <laughs> but it's fine. But so, so why didn't you like the pickle? Oh, sorry. No, you can't. It's fine. No, it's they need to get more like Jewish style pickles. Was that it was- sweet? No, it tasted like it came from a Heinz jar. It, oh, really? Yeah. Good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They like Batamta. I don't know if they have that here. Batamta pickles are good. I don't they know. They have sour and sour pickles. Okay. What was your traditional pickle when you were working at the pickle stand? What, what would you eat? I like a half sour pickle. Dad well, likes a sour pickle. Didn't they call you Heidi Pickle Toes yes. when you were growing up? That was the one food I loved were pickles. Really? I loved, loved pickles. Why? And Ella loves pickles. Ella's her granddaughter, my brother's daughter. <laughs> yes. Ella loves pickles. What is it about do. pickles? I guess the salty factor is uh, what it sour. is. It's sour. It's also sour. No, half sour. But I'm saying it has well, a vinegary. Like cucumber. Yeah. Okay. 
So you yeah. like a pickle? I don't like a sour pickle. Dad likes a sour pickle. Mm-hmm. But um, the half sour pickles like a cucumber that's a little more salty and a little more spicy. And the so other thing you had at lunch today, which was the latke with applesauce. Yeah. Um, that wasn't really applesauce. It was like a creamy some, uh, something with <laughs> yeah, apples. Something that it. you also didn't like. <laughs> no, I did like uh, it. Oh, you liked it. Okay. I did. Um, but it was um, <laughs> you... I remember one thing about growing up is like you would buy frozen potato latkes and Mott's applesauce and you would like microwave them. No, you can't microwave them. You have to put them in the toaster Toaster. But that was a big part of our childhood too was was Mott's, I mean, um, latkes. Yeah. uh, Who was it by? Was it um, Golden? Golden. Golden, yeah. So did you grow up eating latkes as a kid? Not really. No. Did you have a lot of Jewish food in your house growing up? No, not at all. No. Mm Mm-mm. Didn't your grandmother do a Christmas dinner? My grandmother, yeah. <laughs> she, well, because my, my grandfather worked for Reuben H. Donnelly, which is the Yellow Pages, mm-hmm. and he was a salesman for them. And every year they would give him a turkey for Christmas, uh, you know, aside from his, I'm sure he got a bonus, but uh, they would give my grandmother a turkey mm-hmm. <laughs> and she would make a turkey dinner with it. And, really? Uh, yeah, on Christmas. Oh, I see. Yeah. So Around Christmas time. Right. It wasn't necessarily Christmas dinner. Yeah. But, but she... But I always had a stocking with my name on it and my oh, really? brother had a stocking with his name on it. Yeah, so... And what about Jewish holidays? Did your mom and dad, like, did you guys do, like, Rosh Hashanah and all that stuff at we, home? Yeah, we did. But, Passover? Uh, yeah. I'm sure my mother would bring it in from wherever it right. was. Yeah. But we it did it sometimes. We would do we that did. at our house. Yeah. yeah, I did with you more. Yeah. My mom, not as much, but yeah, because you guys, well, you know, we always had some holiday, whatever it was, we always had a holiday dinner, mm-hmm. whether it was home or not. We right. have some holidays coming up right now, right? Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah is coming Kippur. up. Yep. So what do you guys do now for it? Rosh Hashanah, well, we're going to the club. Okay. Rosh Hashanah. And we usually go, as far as food goes, yeah. we go to the club for Break the Fast, too. We're back now. We had to take a brief hiatus. My mom had to go to the bathroom. Sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I um, was going to say... So I think so. Your lunch is like an interesting way to think about your life. But if we, were, if you had to look at your own lunch, you ordered a Reuben, you ordered a latke. Yeah, what, what, that was not by choice. I so what would you like have? Reuben. So what would you have ordered if you could have ordered anything? Oh, I would have ordered the white fish and the egg salad, and uh, that looked good. Okay. Was it good? You had it. It was okay. Oh, wasn't that great? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> so do you? Okay. So you would have ordered the white. So how often do you get things that Dad wants that you you know that you don't want to get for yourself? A lot of times. Yeah. You know, with yeah, it depends. It depends. But uh, he's such a, just a, he's actually through the next last few years, he started to eat cheese, which mm-hmm. he never did before. Right. right. With you growing up, yeah. did he ever eat cheese? No. He hated cheese. Now all of a sudden he's having a Reuben sandwich with yeah. Why do you pastrami think that's, and cheese. And Where do you think that came from? I, all of a sudden, as he's getting older, he just turned 70. So maybe he's broadening his horizons, which I'm happy about. Yeah. But um, yeah, he eats pizza and he eats well, a caprese salad he mm-hmm. likes. And so, when you, so when you first married dad and you guys were first eating at restaurants together, was he, as, was he a very picky eater? Oh, my God. He was so picky and so just one kind of eating. He, oh, he, I would make him the same thing for lunch like every day when he would go to school, mm-hmm. I would either well actually two things. He would either have a salami sandwich mm-hmm. with a pickle mm-hmm. and a devil dog. 
That was his lunch. What's a devil would... dog? Oh, like a yodel? Like a, like a oh, hostess devil? Oh, never heard devil... of a devil dog? I think I've had it. It's like a cake with whipped cream in it. It's a long one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I know. From hostess. Okay. And um, that was one thing. Or a turkey. Mm-hmm. Sandwich. Okay, I would you would make it for him? Yeah, I would make that for him. And he would take a brown bag. Sorry, okay. And... Uh, <laughs> And so you... Um, I would make those lunches. And when I was pregnant with you, it was really funny. He, he was very into salami. He mm. liked Hebrew national salami. So when I was pregnant with you at night, sometimes he would scramble eggs with mm-hmm. salami and make me a salami and egg sandwich. Well, that was on the menu today at Friedman's. They had salami and eggs as All an right. option. I was surprised he didn't want to get that. Well, because we had breakfast already. So he didn't want breakfast, I guess. Okay. But, so, when you were, yeah. so when we were kids growing up and we were in the house... Like, did you want to do, like, early in your life, like, did you imagine that you were going to have family dinners at home and have people come over? And like, and we did. Yeah. We did. I liked that very much. Like, we, what kind of meals do you remember making? Well, just Jewish holidays and Thanksgiving. Right. Like, you did the big holidays. Yeah. But I mean, like, a day-to-day, like, you know, kids come home from school. No, I didn't envision that. You, even million, at any point, you didn't want to have, a, a like, million like roasted chicken or, I don't know, just have, like, a meal. That, oh, I think I did those things when you were younger. I did. I did do those things. Do you remember I used to make brisket and just certain recipes that I would get, but not loving it. it well, what's like weird is was... like, I don't remember. I remember going to the East Bay Diner and I remember holidays having meals at home, but what I don't right. remember, I guess I remember like sitting at a little yellow table. I had these like plastic yellow tables yes. and we sat in front of a TV. That's, I would give you some, a lot of times uh, dad and I would go out to dinner mm-hmm. and give you guys dinner uh, on the yellow tables. Mm-hmm. And I remember the funniest story about you. Which was what? What you weren't a good eater. Oh, that is a funny story. You should tell it. (laughs) You were not a good eater when you were little. Uh And um, I would be amazed that, I don't know, whatever it was we'd give you, you would start eating really, really well. Whatever it was, if it was a steak or it was chicken or whatever. But you went from a bad eater to all of a sudden, look, clean plate club, you would show me. I belong to the clean plate club. When all of a sudden, one day, I had a cleaning lady come, and she moved the little carpet that your little tables were on, Mm -hmm. and there was a terrible smell. We couldn't (laughs) figure out what the smell was in the room. There was, no matter what we used, it just, there was this, when she moved the carpet away, it was all your remnants that you stuck under the carpet to belong to the clean plate I thought you made me like a steak or like a veal or something. Yeah, steak. Yeah. Yeah, you would show me how you, um, because actually when you were young, Mm -hmm. you were naturally a very healthy eater. Mm -hmm. You liked yogurt and you liked fruit. And you liked fresh fruit. Used to say, "I want a piece of apple," mm-hmm. or just unusual. Wouldn't things. I start crying when the when I stopped eating? Like I would oh, just... when you were a baby. When yeah. you were a baby, I would feed you uh, whatever I was feeding you from the jar, Gerber's, mm-hmm. and you would see that it was empty, and all of a sudden your lip would come out, and you'd be hysterical, crying <laughs> that it was over. <laughs> well, that was like a, that was foreshadowing of my future life. <laughs> I think so, but yeah. you really you had. You had triple chins. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, well, you hopefully were those so have much gone away. Loving it. You loved yeah. eating. But then, why did I go through a period where I was shoving my food under the carpet? Now, then you went through the period of not eating. Oh, interesting. You just and I was getting worried about you. But then, all of a sudden, this well, this new chapter started where you were making clean play club. I felt so much better <laughs> as a mother. Right. That you were being nourished, but you didn't seem to be gaining any weight. That's funny. But it was, I was just putting it all under the carpet. I well, finally. It got a little smelly, and we realized. 
realized there was something was right. Up. You figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. So in these different periods of our lives, like I'm trying to think of like what, what are the restaurants that like because I remember growing up in Oceanside. There was an Italian restaurant you guys like to go to a lot. Gianni's. 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 What was that? Oh, we used to take you there, Dad and I. We put you on the table in your infant seat. Mm -hmm. And it was just the cutest little Italian restaurant. And they just served typical Italian chicken parmesan, spaghetti meatballs, Mm -hmm. uh, veal parmesan, and pastas. And it was a husband and wife family. It was lovely. It was an Oceanside? It was an Oceanside in the Lincoln Shopping Center. And, what, and wasn't there a restaurant called the Lincoln Inn that you guys oh, really liked? Oh, that was very fancy. That was, we would go there if it was like a very special occasion. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, it was very fancy and very expensive at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. We would, went through with the Rheingolds a few times. And it was like a big, like, it almost looked like, um, like a big American, like the White House or something. Yes. We had like columns and. Oh, it was just really nice. That was a very elegant restaurant. We would dress you up in your little suits almost, mm-hmm. I think. And, uh, uh, we would go there. That was very nice. I forgot about that place. Where were the other restaurants? Would you guys go into Manhattan, you and Dad, when when Michael and I were growing up? Yeah. So where would you go? Hmm. So like what was in the city? Like in that oh, time, the like Palm. The, we, yeah. That was like when the Palm was new, right? Yeah. Was, and there were yes. two of them, like back to back. You mean I would get babysitters, and you would, guys would be home, and Dad and I would go. Yeah, we went to the Palm a lot. That was a very big. Um, we thought it was wonderful at that time. It was great yeah. people watching, and the food was good. And lobster, of course. Yeah, you <laughs> still go great. to the Palm. I'm going there next Saturday night with Jan and Stan. Uh, okay, <laughs> if anybody happens to be there, say hello. Um, <laughs> wait, so what, what, what else? In I mean, because that period in Manhattan, I feel like you were young. Like you know that that was that was in the 80s. It was like oh, yeah. Manhattan was an exciting time to be going. It was like it was, I don't know if Studio 54 was still happening, but or that was, was that era. But it was in that era. It was in that era. So but, like, what, what else were the restaurants of I'm that? Sure Trying to remember where else Dad and I, Dad was here, I, I would ask him, but I don't yeah, remember. I only do one-on-one therapy oh, sessions. Sorry. sorry. But I don't remember the other restaurants, but I do remember going there quite often. And mm-hmm. um, one time, oh my goodness, I do remember this. You'll think this is funny. We went to a restaurant, maybe it was a fancy French restaurant, but I don't remember the name of it. And we sat down and we didn't know the prices. Mm-hmm. We were kids. We were like... We had no money to like go to a fancy place. We just thought we'll go and we'll, we looked at the prices and it was like $50 for an appetizer. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we made dad's beeper go off because he had a beeper because <laughs> he was a dentist. <laughs> right. And so we said, oh, there's an emergency. emergency. <laughs> That's funny. So you didn't have to pay. No, so we didn't have to order because right. we were embarrassed. Oh, right, right. We had I'm just sorry. sat down yeah, and yeah. we looked at the menu and it was That's like funny. over the top. That is Beyond. Funny. Yeah, it was just crazy. Didn't you have, so. I won't say the names of the people, but wasn't there like another story around that time where like you went to dinner with a couple and then like the guy was drunk and wanted to drive or something? Yeah. That's a did. whole other story. You probably don't want to tell that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's forget that story. Okay. So yeah. anyway, so you, um, so you, would you, would you mostly on the, so I remember when I was growing up and you guys, and we were in New York, like you guys would get dressed up and That's go right. out. But like, when, right. but what were the places you would, I mean, if you don't remember the names in Manhattan, like even going out on Long Island, like where would you go, like where would you get oh, dressed up to go to? There was a lot of nice restaurants in Long Island and we would go to this one restaurant called Dora Tiffany's. Okay. And that was on the North Shore. And it was gorgeous restaurant. It was absolutely atmospheric, pretty, food was good, and it was very special. We used to go there and we'd get all dressed up. 
And those were like the Don Johnson <laughs> era. Dad yeah. looked like uh, the white pants. Yeah, wh- yeah. It was just and his knick knick shirts. I remember. What's a knick knick shirt? Oh, it was shirts that had scenes on them, like a scene of Monte Carlo or a scene of. It was just uh-huh. with palm trees on it, but silk. Okay. It was just great. And then there was another restaurant called Primavera. Oh yeah, I remember you guys would go to Primavera. Primavera was really elegant, fancy restaurant mm-hmm. and um it was good we enjoyed that we've well, i guess you're right a lot of it is the part where you get dressed up and you feel like you're you know sometimes when you're a young parent you want to also feel like you also have a life mm-hmm. with your husband not just being a parent so okay so we're in the final 20 minutes of your therapy session so did you feel like we covered a lot of your life in terms of oh my food yeah we did diets we did um cooking oh, we did yeah. restaurants i'm trying to think what else like what else comes to mind in terms of food for you i mean are those the big subjects for you no but i think going in the future i have to figure out a way of being more helpful with dad being retired now, it's a whole new phase. Mm-hmm. And we both have to start really figuring out a way that we can lead a nice lifestyle, but yet not be making food our mm-hmm. focus. Right. It's very difficult. Very well, why difficult. do you think that is such a challenge? Why do you think? Because we are rolling around, the two of us, in our mm-hmm. lonely house, and we want to get out, and we want to right. go do something. And dad does play golf, and I do other things, and I play golf. And we keep busy with mm-hmm. other things, but it always comes back to food and it always comes back to where are we going to eat lunch? What are we going to do? So there was a period, though, I feel like maybe when I was in high school or maybe when I went to college where you got really into shape. Do you remember that? Like, yes, I was doing a lot of exercise which I can't do right now because um, I unfortunately got a spontaneous fracture, mm-hmm. hairline fracture on my foot. Right. And even though it's not terrible, I'm not supposed to do exercise. I should be in a boot. And For how long, though? Oh, I think they said six weeks. Okay, but then you I'm can do I'm going to the doctor, right. doctor on Wednesday. But, yeah, it was a very, very nice period. When I turned 60, yeah. I was very, very thin. And I lost weight, so I was doing an hour in the gym probably three times a week. But that was recently. I mean, 60 was a couple of years ago. But I'm talking, like, I'm talking about the period, though, when I went to college. Like, um, you, like, you really like, you were very into fitness, and you like, lost a ton of weight. But yeah. I was wondering, like, how did you integrate that? Like, when, you, when you were at your healthiest, yeah. how did you do that while also still going out to dinner with Dad and doing the meals at well, restaurants? the bottom line is, I mean, I worked at Diet Center, and the truth is, when I would tell people, my clients, that you can be as good as you want or as bad as you want when you go to a restaurant. You can be very fussy. You always made fun of grandma. She would say, I want this on the side and that on, you know, no fat, no this. But you can go to a restaurant and really do that, and especially today. Yeah, I mean, like order diet food. You can order as good and healthy. You know, you can go to, a lot of times we'll go to Houston's and can have a salad with dressing on the side mm-hmm. you can have salmon and tell them not to put a lot of fat on it right but uh, lately we haven't been doing that so it's, i see because yeah. so, you and grandma i remember going to um bagel works with you and boca and you always ordered the exact same thing which was an egg white egg whites very dry right. they would always say very dry right with sliced tomato and onion I remember that was like exactly. a big order yeah i think the 
biggest problem is staying motivated. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to stay motivated. Sure. And um, well, what, what, what were your motivations in the past? Motivations just being helpful and looking nice and right. having nice clothes. Well, you love fashion. I mean, that's I a do. big part of this I for do. you. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's just a different phase of my life. Now mm-hmm. I, I love being a grandma mm-hmm. and I'm busy with Ella and now with Jordan, who was yeah. just born a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, have the same motivation <laughs> as I used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not no, good. It makes but, sense. I mean, I think for a lot of people, they feel that way. Even in their 40s, it's like you start to lose it's like what's the point you know yeah but it really is not an excuse you know it's there's no excuse because the truth is that my mom was very healthful health conscious with her food choices Mm -hmm. and i have to just get started again it was a rough three years this past few years she was very sick she was sick and my stepfather was very sick i was taking care of them Mm -hmm. and i sort of was self-medicating with food Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I was doing, and Dad wasn't not helping me. Yeah, <laughs> he's right on the bandwagon. So it was emotional eating. Yeah, a lot of emotional eating, and my mom passed away a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So now, as you know, your grandmother. Yeah. And um, I am going to hopefully get started on doing mindful eating again. Um, well, it's interesting because we didn't go into, and I, I could stop if you don't want to talk about it, but like a big part of talking about our child, my childhood and growing up in Oceanside and stuff is that you you went through a horrible loss when I was a kid. Right. Which is you lost a child. My brother, Jason, died when he was two. Two. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, in the backdrop of, of us talking about going right. to the diner and getting dressed up, I mean, you were also going through a harrowing period of your exactly, life. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, on the lighter side of that, it was funny because a lot of times you would be in the hospital and grandma, when she would come, you know, most grandmas would come with teddy bears or whatever. Mm-hmm. Grandma would, of course, come with that. But she would also come with a grilled chicken breast and a salad to me to eat <laughs> really? to make sure in the hospital? that I didn't gain weight because <laughs> I was going through emotional stress. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the truth. A tin foil filled with right. all the right food. But so, in terms of yeah. like when we talk about like why you weren't cooking when we were growing up, I mean, right. it's like I think a lot of that had to do with what you were yeah. going through in your own life. Right. It was a very emotional and horrible time for my son who was sick and I had you mm-hmm. and then I found out I was pregnant with Michael mm-hmm. while uh, Jason was sick in the hospital. And, what, and for people who don't know what he had, I mean, it was, it was uh, a, so a long story, but uh, he basically had a autoimmune disease and eventually he um, passed away because he had overwhelming sepsis, and uh, he was supposed to get a pneumococcal vaccine, which we all should take at a certain age. And he was two, he was going to be two, and that's when you they were able to give it to him, and mm-hmm. he didn't get that shot. So that's what happened. Wow, okay. So, yeah, it was a very, very hard time. Because well, I think when I think about my childhood, and, like, I, you know, people, like, I'll make light of, like, oh, my mom never cooked, and now I cook. But I think, like, I also know in the background that, like, there was there was a lot going on for you. For Dad and I. For both of both, you. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very difficult. And it was difficult also because, um, you know, he would try and cheer me up and come to the hospital, and we would go out. He didn't know that I already had eaten a meal in the hospital and then mm-hmm. we'd go out for a second meal and I was pregnant with Michael. I gained 75 pounds alone. He was an 11 pound thing. baby though. He was 10 pounds, 12 ounces. Wow. So yeah, he was big. But wouldn't dad yeah. take you out to dinners and stuff like yeah. while this was all going on? Yeah, he did. He would try to 
cheer each other up, so, mm-hmm. you know, which was difficult to do watching your child suffer. So, yeah. And so you went through a real trauma. And so, you know, in terms of peace, you know, the life that you lead now, it's like I think about you going out to dinner and going out to these nice restaurants and traveling the world is also a celebration. It's like, you know, you guys have been through a lot. That's right. And now it's like you're getting to enjoy yourselves right. and have a high quality life. Well, we're trying to just get it all in. Yeah. Yeah. We and especially now that grandma, you know, you took care of her for all those years, especially at the end. Yeah. So it's been a harrowing three years with between Roy and her. They were mm-hmm. both sick. And um, yeah, so it's just been hard. But you also yeah. have now two grandchildren that yes, you can do on. Wonderful. And a grand dog that you have. I love my Winston, my yeah, grand dog somewhere I'm looking at right now. In this room. He's adorable. He's well, so every cute. interview starts with where did you go to lunch, but it ends with where are you going to dinner tonight? Ah, that's a good question. Thanks. Going to Spago. Okay. And you like Spago? Yeah, I like it. I like last night's dinner the best. Where did you go last night? Avra Madison. Okay. Oh, oh, it's called Avra here. Okay. In New York, it's Avra Madison. And it's like seafood, Greek seafood? It's Greek. Mm-hmm. It's Greek, and they do, yeah, they specialize in seafood. Very and then good. you, um, with Spago, because like, I remember we, we came to L.A. when I was growing up, and like, yeah. we, and Spago was a hot restaurant then. And it yes. Wasn't Dad very sick or yeah. something? Yeah, so we, we were supposed to go on New Year's Eve once. Uh-huh. And uh, we... Dad got a terrible stomach flu. Mm-hmm. We were so excited. We were all going <laughs> to New Year's Eve. Yeah. And we said, no, we have to cancel. So we went to the rib place next door and just watched all the fancy people going into Oh, Spago. really? We did? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah funny. we were so excited to go, and then we couldn't go. But Spago's been around forever. I mean, oh, it's been God. there since, um, like, the 80s, right? Well, yeah, but it wasn't in that location. Spago was, I forget where, someplace in the Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. up in the hills. And Dad and I went there before I had children, and I'll never forget it. We saw uh, Johnny Carson, who was like, Dad loves Johnny mm-hmm. Carson, and he was having dinner with Bob Newhart. Wow. And um, Barbara Eden, we actually mm-hmm. saw. And That's exciting. Andrew and Gina. Yeah, yeah. It was very, that was like our first celebrities that we saw. Well, I remember yeah. when you took us to Spago, it was still in the era when... Um, Wolfgang was married to Barbara Lazaroff. Was that yes. her name? So Didn't she, we see them once? Someplace? Yeah, but I think then it wasn't she at the front desk too. She was sort of like this glamorous woman, and yeah. I feel like I remember you talking to her. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was so many years ago. Oh my goodness, yeah. All right, so you're gonna go there tonight. Tonight we're going to yeah, to right. Spago. That sounds nice. And, and where do you want to sit when you go? What table do you want? Oh. 32. No. <laughs> you know the number? <laughs> I know every number of every restaurant usually. I really? I know. You know the numbers of the tables? Yes. Even for breakfast this morning, I sat at 23. <laughs> <laughs> wait, where did you have breakfast this morning? At the hotel? At John George. In your hotel. Okay, yeah. so wait, you really write down the table numbers? Usually. Wait, so were I'm, you joking when you said 32? Or you're, that's really the table at Spago? No, I'm joking because I usually do know. But in Spago, you know, that's difficult. We don't go that often. Right. But, Usually when I go to frequent a restaurant, I like to write down the table number that we like mm-hmm. and stick with it if possible. Right. Yeah. Wow. So. And so, but so in Spago tonight, where you want to sit outside, inside, we in a booth? We used to like to sit outside, but it's hot out today. Very mm. hot. So I so, think we'll sit in the air conditioning inside. No, inside. I'm not a booth. I like a center table. And you like, they give, sometimes they um, give that smoked salmon pizza. It's like a, it's like, it was yeah. off the menu, but then now is it on the menu or how does that work? Well, you, no, it used to be on the menu. You Years ago, on his original menu, 
that with uh, tuna hand rolls and just certain things that you have to ask for and be in the know of. Otherwise, mm-hmm. people who went there years ago know about. But the new menu doesn't have those things. And it's also yeah. like Wiener Schnitzel you can order right off uh, the menu. Yeah, Dad yeah. loves Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes Tali, my daughter in law, our daughter will make it for him. He likes that. Yeah. Oh, because her mother is half German or half. No, Aust- no. She's from, um, oh, gee, I can't think of the name of where she's. Austria? Uh, not far. <laughs> okay, somewhere, but there, somewhere where they make wiener schnitzel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, well, Spago sounds nice. I would join you, but I have a friend's birthday party in uh, Pasadena. We wish you would join us, but there's right. always tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, tomorrow I've got a wedding. I wish I, I could. Know, I know. All right, well, thank you. Do you feel good about your lunch therapy session? Oh, it was fabulous. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye.